Hello, everyone. I'm Lauren Easton, the host of the Author Podcast Show. I'm so glad to have you on this journey with me as a fellow writer. This show features publishing advice, writing tips, new book releases, author interviews, and special features. If you'd like to know how to be a part of the podcast, stay tuned till the end or visit laureneaston.com for more details. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. This is Lauren Easton at the Author Podcast Show. And today we have a very special guest, uh, fellow author Kim Applegren. Uh, say hi, Kim. Hello, everyone. Hey, um, today, um, for all the listeners out there, we are going to be talking about different scams in the publishing industry and marketing industry, because there's a few out there that are starting to pop up and become popular. And Kim, you're here because you've had experience with uh, one of these scam artists, correct? Oh, my word. Absolutely. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience with this uh, undercover vanity press that's been, you know, scamming (laughs) everything? (laughs) Oh, my word. Where do I even begin? Um, You know, they... First of all, um, I found them on the the internet and I I got in touch. Oh, sorry, they got in touch with me um, and they would constantly phone. And I thought, okay, you know, finally a publisher who's um, interested in my works because I had been turned down by many, um, because I'm from South Africa, I was turned down by many South African publishers. And then I thought, well, let me look abroad and see if anything can come up from there. And this publisher popped up and they were very keen. Um, they gave me a call and it just, it, it, it really felt great at that time. And they seemed like they really had my best interests at heart and I really felt good about it. But boy, so, was I wrong. So when they called you or got in touch with you, did what did they say that they were? Did I mean obviously they didn't say that they were a vanity press at the time. And for listeners out there, vanity presses are basically uh, publishers that seek out writers and they make money off the writers, not off of selling books. And they get writers to invest thousands of dollars into books and then basically tell the writers like, okay, we're done. Now you're it's up to you to figure out what you want to do with it now. And they never really you know, market it for them or anything like that. But I'm sure they didn't say they were a vanity press at the time. Did they use the tried and true? Oh, we're a hybrid publisher or something. Big time. Yes. And, you know, with those um, brilliant salesman talk, they had me hooked from the beginning. So, um, and I didn't know any better because, you know, I'm talking to this uh, what is apparently an American, only to find out that they're actually from another country, but yet their emails are American, their their lines are connected through an American. Uh, yeah, so this all only popped out way after the book was published and the last of my installments were paid. And literally when I stopped paying, um, that was when they said, okay, good, now do your own business, basically. So, so tell us, what did they actually give you for the money that you spent to get your book published? 
Um, well, they said that um, they were going to pay half of the um, um, of the of the installments because they actually did charge me one thousand two hundred dollars. And okay, so as people may or may not know, South Africa's currency is very bad in terms of because of the constant corruption and um, the crime, our economy has collapsed. So one US dollar is 15 rand and 28 cents by us. So they said, okay, we would pay half of that and then you pay the $600 in three months installments. So I paid $200, which was about just over 3000 rand for me, which is hectic. That's like paying off a car each month. Um, then I had to pay a $75 process fee, a non-refundable, and I asked them what that was. And they said, no, just so that they can make sure that the book is in there, it's got a spot, and it will be out this year, not next year. So again, I thought, okay, they know what they're doing, obviously. So uh, I left it at that. And then after the last installment was paid, literally the, the calls stopped because they would phone constantly and give me an update where it was and this and that and once oh and then I had to pay a $299 fee for editorial well, some assessment for chapter one they didn't even do the whole of chapter one they only did half of the chapter I mean you've read the book um, the part where the gods are arguing about um creating a second age of mankind. That was yeah. where they stopped the assessment and they charged me $299 for that. Just half of chapter one. What was this assessment for? Editing or just the, there was a It was just, it was literally something to put through. Uh, they had an editor to give it. Um, and, and that was when um, I remember you said to me, you know, try Autocrit, try Grammarly. And that's why I used Grammarly. And the way they did their editing, and I told them that as a South African, we were taught British English, not US English. And they changed it to US English. So I told them, no, they have to change it back to British because that was how we were taught. And I know that there are some terminologies that are different in the U.S. and, you know, British English. And I don't want it to be confusing and it would con obviously confuse me. And um, so they did that. But it, it was such a snowball effect. You have no idea. Well, you do. You you were there for me. In the in the background, you know, with the being BCC'd in the emails. Oh, yeah. So, so what else do they offer you? Because I'm sure they stuck you in a package, right? Is what they did, like a bundle. yes, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I took the um the start the the beginning pack, um where they would make the ebook and a paperback. Um, they would do the marketing. Uh, they would do. Uh, cover illustrations but I didn't go with their uh, their cover illustrations yeah, so it was a very basic yeah it was a very basic package and it was literally it was the only one I could afford thing um what was the marketing for that the only marketing was that they sent me a pdf file of how to open up an account on twitter and instagram 
And I was like, but I already have those social groups and how to open up a Facebook page and market yourself. It was really how to market yourself. And then they said that they would put an edition of The Silent Witness into digi, di, oh, sorry, Digital Mad. And I was like, what the heck is Digital Mad? And they said, no, it's, it's like this magazine. And I thought, okay, you know, being South African, I don't know what's, you know, what Americans' magazines are like. So I thought, okay, maybe it's a digital magazine. So, and it would appear in a, a, a full page. And when we saw the, the, um, the Digital Mad edition, it was like such a tiny picture of the front cover and just my name. If you if you remember, I think you did see it. Yes, I did. I couldn't, in the thing, because I even Googled Digital Mad to see if it would come up. And it wasn't even the first couple of Google pages. So unless people specifically know what they're looking for, for this kind of magazine, nobody yes. here is going to be able to find it. And the thing is with me, um, you know, because they're they're marketing digital, people, you know, that overseas don't know my surname. So to try and find me on Google, unless you know how to spell my surname or whatever, then the silent witness will pop up. Yeah, yeah. And um much about your name or anything because I mean you can type in the silent witness in Google and I can see I can see your book but you know I mean there are a lot of different places that you can go to I mean if you I mean if you type in my name I've never been through any kind of vanity publisher or hybrid publisher or anything you can literally type my name into Google and my books my podcast things will pop up it's not really that difficult to have a search engine find your website so yeah. I'm not sure exactly how in depth they went in there. Cause there's more things that you can do with like websites, like SEOs and things like that. But it, it's not that difficult to have, you know, a book and an author pop up on Google. I mean, you just have to have the book available, you know? Correct. Yeah. And the, the thing that really got to me was that, um, the royalties as well. And I mean, um, it came out that they said, oh, we only pay royalties if you have a US bank account. And I said, well, you know, we live in a modern world, a modern age with technology at our fingertips. You know, why can't you just pay me via PayPal or, or you know, anything like that? And they said that they were stuck on me having this U.S. bank account. So then I emailed banks um, in America and either I had to come in personally and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to fly 19 hours just to open a bank and come back home. Um, and then they said, okay, well, then we will then pay you by check. And then if I don't make a $75 threshold, then I don't get royalties. And the one thing that really got to me was the fact that if people do not buy my book on their website, um, then I, you know, so people have been buying on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles because those are the most popular ones. But the royalties would, would only work if they bought it through their website. And that got me fuming. Yeah, because, I mean, the thing is, is, Whenever you slap a book up on Amazon or Barnes and Nobles or Ingram Sparks or anywhere, I mean, even draft to digital, they tell you when your book has sold across all the platforms that mm. it on, 
And so that to me means that I just think they didn't want to show you. I think that you might, and you know, you could have, could have sold way more books than what they told you. And I know that this particular vanity publisher has had multiple class action lawsuits against them specifically mm. for doing that to authors. Um, mm. I mean, and to have you have to do a $75 threshold. I mean, I've heard of those kind of thresholds from not just this, this specific vanity publisher, but from other ones. And to me, I think that is complete BS because um, your money immediately. You don't have to be threshold whatsoever. You know, correct. You can just get everything. Uh, sorry, you can get everything direct deposited on KDP, and there is no threshold. I think if they cut you a check, there's a threshold because they have to actually pay for that paper check and then mail it to you, which is understandable. But most everybody does direct deposit nowadays. I mean, that wouldn't even be an issue. Exactly, yes. I mean, and even with the reviews, um, you know, people were leaving reviews on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, and then my aunt wanted to leave a review. And, you know, it, she waited a week and all that and was still not popping up. So she sent the support um, an email saying, why is my review not showing they said no she has to open up an account with them but she says i just want to review one book and then they asked which book and they and she told them and then they started bombarding her and asking her how does she know me and it's like it's my niece but then she like got defensive and said but what if i was someone in australia who was a, a fan of this this author and this book and i wanted to leave a review are you going to cross-question every person as to why my review is not reflecting on your website? And Look, never reply to her. Yeah. And family and friends always go and review books for, of course, their family and friends because that's yes. what people do. And, you know, yeah. Amazon doesn't really have, I mean, they have rules against certain things, but Amazon's not going to cross through everybody to see how this person may or may not be related to you. Now, if you exactly. make them post a five five star reviews in a row you know under different names then amazon might be like hold on but there shouldn't be an issue i mean especially if this publisher was telling you to market yourself i mean that's yeah. what you're doing they never gave you situation things that you can cannot do with marketing so exactly yeah so that just is kind of that doesn't make any any sense to me and it sounds like, um, so I remember, I actually have a copy of the book. Um, I bought the paperback version. And honestly, um, they were selling your paperback version for way too high. Like I it, believe so, yes. I think by the time I got it mailed to me, your, paper, your paperback book, which is about the same size as like, you know, uh, a Harry Potter book or whatever was like $43 because I had to also sure. pay for the shipping outrageous. Wow. This is a lot of money. And I was, and I was thinking to myself, you know, I, cause, cause through Amazon, you know, it has basically tell you how much you're selling your paperback for, you know, and then, or, you know, to, the money off of it the minimum and then it tells you um you know you, you basically with amazon 
I usually like if I can sell my paperback for, you know, at cost, it's like $6. I might set it to like $10.99 or something, you know, mm-hmm. um, because, because on every paperback, you still get about, you know, two or $3. And if you want to do more, that's fine. But the average paperback book, I believe, uh, at least in, in my state in the U.S., is about 14 to $15. So, okay. okay. So your book being like $32 or something by itself was like a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, don't I know. And, 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 and you didn't set the price. Oh. Um, the publisher did. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, and look how it was laid out. I mean, that was like the first thing you told me. I mean, when I approved the layout that they sent me and from from approving it and then when it went onto the printing, I don't know what happened because I did not have it laid out that way, you know, with the indentations, you know, those judder lines, you know, it, it that wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I thought too, because when I saw the book and I opened it up, I was like, and sorry, if you hear any of this stuff in the background, my cats are playing with each other, but, um, um, but when I opened it up, I was just like, what did they do? Cause it's almost like they just took your manuscript and they didn't do anything. Exactly. Exactly. They just literally uploaded it in KDP and it was like, good enough. And I was like, oh no. I know. And you know your stuff. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so, I was very disappointed. And and I know because th- when you got the book, um, you did you did contact me, I remember, and you were saying what happened with the indent- indentations. And I was like, what? I mean, I didn't even look at it. I didn't pay attention to it until you actually told me. Oh, flip, you know what? What the master document and the book is not looking the same. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because they were using like a different software that wasn't, you know, properly allocated to the KDP format. But I mean, even putting like a normal, like even if you did like the bare minimum and just did, you know, your title page, your table of contents, and then you had your chapter, you know, all your whole book and it was just indented just normally through Word it would still look fine in KDP. It wouldn't look perfect, but it would still look mm. a lot better than whatever they were doing with your book. I'm not quite That's sure. True. It's almost like they were trying to cut corners somewhere. Yeah, I, I got that impression as well. Mm-hmm. I think they just weren't spending, I think they're not spending any money on any kind of software. Um, and I don't know what they did with your money, because I know I, I remember you telling me that the twelve hundred dollars or whatever did not include full editing of your book. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, they said that if I wanted to go with them editing the entire book, it was going to be six thousand dollars, which was going to be in my currency just over seventy-eight thousand rand, which you can buy a decent demo. Um, VW Polo or City Golf car. Wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, now granted editing can get very expensive with what they did with the $1,200 to your book. I wouldn't trust them to edit my book with my life. That's why I use Grammarly. (laughs) 
Yeah. And honestly, that's probably what they would, they were using too. I doubt that they had an actual editor in that, in that publishing house, you know, yes. reading books and editing them from start to finish. Correct. Like I, no, I, I also got that, that feeling as well. Mm -hmm. It was rushed. It, it was literally rushed. Yeah. How long did it take um, from the beginning of signing the contract to publication? How long did that take? Um, I signed the contract in January um, and the book was launched on the 13th of June. Wow. That, this was last year. Yeah. Okay. So about six months. Yeah. Okay. Now, now question, did they try and get you to buy like multiple copies of your own book at discounted prices? Absolutely. <laughs> and I was like, no, you said I'm going to get five complimentary books. Um, until then, you know, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And, and question, what was their discounted price? If you don't mind me asking on that book for authors, uh, it was only like 3%, 4% in between there. Really? Yeah. A, a, a written price, at like the, the $30 for a paperback book that was on Amazon. It was yeah. only about 4 Yeah, exactly that, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, <laughs> so, there, so there really was no discount whatsoever. You it know? was nothing. No, it was nothing. No, it was just a money-making scam, and I just fell hook, line, and center. And I just can, I can't, I still can't stop beating myself up for it, but it was a very hard lesson learned. Yeah. I remember uh, them sending you all those emails back and forth and everything. And uh, I think there was one person that you spoke to more often than the other, um, mm -hmm. but you were people contacting you. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah, so there wasn't a lot of consistency in the company, especially with um, support, I suppose. Exactly, um, because there was always a different person on support. And I don't know if you noticed, because I used to always BCC you in many of those emails. Mm -hmm. And have you ever noticed that the question I ever asked was never answered? Yeah, it was a it was a it was a runaround answer. Like it wasn't an answer to your question. It was as if they were just trying to skirt around it and then be like, Any other questions, please let us know. And I'm like, but you didn't answer the first thing. Exactly. And I, I think if I remember correctly, it was the email about my dashboard. Yeah. That was the one. Yeah, that that was the one that I was fighting with the most. Yeah, they kept telling you that they didn't have the reports from from Amazon and Barnes and Nobles for how many books you sold. But the thing is, is uh, my understanding with both of those companies is that as soon as a book is sold, they tell you. Like it's exactly. literally, literally on the dashboard. I mean, um, I feel like that would have been information that would have been very easy to pull up because first off, they as a publishing house would have a publishing um, uh, KDP kind of dashboard that they that they use and they should have been able to see all of their books that they had ever published through Amazon listed there and all they would have to do is click on it and it would tell them exactly how many books they had sold over the past whenever it was published 
Exactly. And it and it goes back to the whole royalties thing again, you know. Unless you have a US bank account, sorry, we can't help you. I'm sorry, we're living in a modern age with technology. We can do much more. Tell me a little bit about what was actually in the contract that you signed. I know that a lot of vanity publishers like this, they basically take your rights away from you. Um, they do, but um, I was very fortunate enough that in this particular contract that um, I could cancel it um, and they could also terminate it if they wanted. But obviously they didn't in the beginning because they were just getting all this money from me. And um, But, you know, it, it's your standard, you know, terms and conditions and all that stuff. Um, so, you know, I, I just thought because it really was such a standard contract that I thought this was the real deal. And it wasn't, obviously. So, yeah, I just, it was rough. Yeah. And, and I remember reading the contract for you because we were talking about how to get yourself out from under them. And I was especially scrutinizing the termination clauses. And at that point in time, they didn't have any kind of penalty for terminating with them. It just said that your book would still be available under certain um, umbrellas like Amazon and Barnes Nobles and stuff, because if people have bought the book, then they leave it open so people can resell the book. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. And um, yeah, because if you go into Barnes and Nobles now or Amazon, you'll see there um, nothing in stock or, or whatever. Um, but if I can remember correctly as well, I mean, I remember you you kept saying, you know, just, just terminate it, just terminate it. And remember I was waiting for the digital med edition. Yes. And and then you then you said to me, just terminate it because and you just like you hit the nail on the head when you said, Who's it going to benefit more? You or the publisher? And I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm gonna terminate it. I've lost enough money as it is what more can they cut from me, you know? And then I got that termination, but luckily I got my rights back. Yes, yes. And that is very lucky because I know there are some vanity publishers and some online um, some online places, you know, like you see those little, um, those little book, uh, they're kind of like Ink It, but they're not like Ink It. You know what I'm talking about though. Yes, exactly, yeah. Communities that will public quote unquote publish your book um with them and um you know they have people who subscribe to them and would have to pay like these tokens or whatever to read certain chapters of your book and they say the author makes money whatever um that's kind of what they, that's kind of what they remind me of but a lot of those places um because i was in deep deep negotiations with one of them and then they eventually stopped contacting me because they i guess i was <laughs> But yeah, like, I, I think they were like seeing, okay, yeah, you know your stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and because the contracts was basically like me signing over my rights to them and they had, they would have my right for years. There was no quote unquote termination in the contract. It was that the contract was either going to be for 10 years or uh, five or 10 years or something. And I'm like, I'm not going to let you have the rights to my books for 10 years. Exactly. Like, why would I do that? I mean, mm. I'm not going to make any money off of this. You're the only one yeah. who's going to make money off of this. So you're saying that I couldn't even go and get my book published anywhere else for 10 years. Yeah. And if 
were to cancel, like if I were to terminate on my end, then I would owe you all the money that I made if I made any. <laughs> Plus, exactly. I was like, ah, I don't think so. Exactly. So, yeah. No, but I'm just very glad that I was, you know, I mean, how long has it been now? Just like over a year that I finally got everything back. So at least that didn't take 10 years, <laughs> but I'm glad that I've got everything back. Yes, I'm glad too. And just for the listeners out there, uh, we are, uh, Kim and I are working on getting it back into publication underneath Kim's name this time. Yay! Woohoo! So um, hopefully that'll be out. I'm hoping I'm I'm hoping I can get done for you, Kim, by the end of March. So no, really, uh, Lauren, thank you so much. You have no idea the things what you're doing for me. It's it's unbelievable that you're helping me in this. I mean, this is my baby. Um, I've been doing the Silent Witness for eight years before I eventually penned it. So it's a real it's a treasure of mine because it's my first book and it's also a little bit based on my life in terms of the characters go through similar experiences. So it's, 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 yeah, it's my baby. And the fact that you've taken it under your wing, I'm eternally grateful that you were able to, to say, to save it basically. Well, all I'm doing is basically formatting it and making it look pretty. You're doing most of the work. <laughs> that's, that's cool. No, that's cool with me. <laughs> yeah, and I'm happy about the new cover design. Um, you know, and I'm I'm glad I read it the the summary. So yeah, it's it's looking good again because I was in a very bad space. You know this, of course. Um, mm -hmm. that I just wanted to throw in the towel and give up and just you know, but I had a lot of time to just clear my head. And when you said that you would help me, that was when I just got my um got my head out of the sand and I just thought, you know what? Let's just carry on. Let's just do this. I'm not going to let one publishing company destroy my dream. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, there are other people who have fallen prey. Obviously, you can see their books on their website. You know, you can tell that there yes. are other people who have, you know, went, you know, signed that contract and ended up giving their rights to this publishing house. And no one knows that they ever got their rights back. But I will say that, according to their reviews and everything, and the Better Business Bureau, this certain publishing house uh, is is not the best, and uh, most people report negative experiences with it. So, exactly. I mean, I've even been in touch with Victoria Strauss, and she wrote this massive blog on writer beware. And I was actually in contact with her, and I couldn't believe it that you know I was speaking to Victoria Strauss, and she told me this this place this publishing company is the worst of the worst i mean they are under so many she she tried to collect a lot of names that because they've got so many umbrella names under that particular name and the list just goes on and on they even have like a, a shady radio station or whatever 
and they also tried to reach out for me as well. And I thought, whoa, I, I was a, a skeptical and I thought, hmm, maybe I should do it. But hmm, the, the red flares went up with that one. Yeah, I remember you talking about this. It was that um, that shady, uh, shady uh, radio station or podcast, whatever it was. They found out about you through a marketer that was connected to that vanity publishing house. <laughs> the best was when they said that this, um, what do you call it, a C-list celebrity bought my book and she wants me to she would like to host me on her actual radio station. And at first I thought, wow, you know, a celebrity and this and that. And then when you said, but I live in America and I don't even know this woman. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. Something's wrong here. <laughs> well, she's definitely not playing on the FM radio stations, which is what everybody <laughs> listens to. I'm assuming she's on the AM, which is something that we would have listened to back in the, I don't know, the 30s and 40s. So <laughs> you don't listen to AM radio. That's what <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I mean, for that one, that was going to cost me $11,000. Oh, my gosh. Now, is that in rands or is that in U.S. dollars? No, U.S. dollars. U.S. dollars. So US that would be... So that would be a quarter of a million rand here in South Africa. That would oh, buy me a house. What would $11,000 get you? <laughs> what would they say? Just about, uh, just about 100,000 yeah, 100, rand. You can buy a house. You can almost buy an apartment cash. Yeah, but what, what did it get you for that radio station? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely oh. nothing. Because I just thought, you know what, the, because when I found out that they were linked to the publishing company that scammed me, um, Victoria Strauss was actually the one who pointed it out to me that, oh, did you get this um, this clip? And then she sent me um, like a Photoshop or not a like a like a snippet, and it's the same kind of ad that they send to people. And I was like, yeah, I I I got that. And then she said, don't do it. Do not do it. They're scamming you. Yeah, I remember when you told me that they were that how much it was going to be to to secure your spot with that. Yes, I remember. I told you absolutely not. The thing is, is that you should never pay for an interview um, because if somebody's interviewing you. That means that they are inviting you onto their show. So, I mean, I'm not saying that they need to pay you for the interview, but I am saying like it should never cost you anything i mean here in south africa when i used to do family trees because i studied history and all that stuff and with my family tree i went back to 1463 so um you know with the the national archives i'm a member there all our history is stored in pretoria and in cape town so there were two south african uh, radio stations that contacted me to discuss about family trees in south africa and how much did I have to pay for those two radio stations? Not a cent. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that to me was very big red flag, a scam. And I don't want the listeners on the on the podcast to think that you should never have to pay for anything to do with your book. Like you should never invest any kind of money financially into your, your books. But I will say 
that if you are, if, if you want to get an editor, like a professional editor to edit your book, go and find an individual editor to edit your book. You know, do your research, see what their accolades are, you know, and them for their time. But if you're trying to go with like this one-stop shop is what I call them, um, with that's where your red flag should be going off. Like, Hey, this is a little, this is a little too. You know, I, I remember, uh, last year when I got the COVID virus in April and they were phoning me and I was just too sick to talk, but they said, Oh, you know, you need to now pay the, um, the, the, process fee and the editorial fee and I, I couldn't even speak at that time now like, listen I've, I'm actually sick okay yeah yeah but you know you need to give us your credit card details so they were not listening to me they were hearing me but you know when they start with that you know we want your money who cares what you're going through yeah that was when I was just uh, thinking oh no you know what I think I just fell into this big lava like you can't believe they didn't care about your your situation or whatever um they just want your money that's it yeah and there are so many scams out there that are specifically targeted towards people like you and i who are indie indie authors who um just want to put a book out there for people to read it's not even it's not even truly about the money it's more Mm -hmm. about having your words being read by other people and I think that everybody should you know get a professional editor at some point Mm -hmm. when they can I think that everybody should invest a little time and money into a really nice book cover um you know that kind of thing um but in the end with indie with indie authors it's really hard to invest money into your books when you're not getting a lot back from them you know um because it just doesn't offset the cost there um so there's a lot of scammers out there though who i I get these emails all the time and i know that you do too um saying like oh you know if you sign up with us fifty dollars and we'll make sure you get a glowing review on our instagram page that has you know fifty thousand followers like we do that all the time Oh, man. Yeah, I remember because, you know, it's funny how, you know, after the um, the silent witness was was launched and was, you know, out there, the amount of DMs that I got on Instagram and Twitter was phenomenal. And they were like, oh, pay us 50 50 dollars and you will get 60,000 followers. And I'm like, I'm so tired of telling people that your 50 dollars is a hell of a lot of money for me. So you know, and it was just coming. And then the the recent one I got um, was on Facebook DM. And he said that he didn't want any recognition, but for, I don't know what it is with the figure, but everyone loves $11,000. I don't know why, but if I pay him $11,000, he can get my book onto Netflix. And I was like, you know what? I'm so down with scammers. I just, deleted it i didn't even reply i was just so done oh yeah the whole <laughs> i remember taking a screenshot and, and sending it to you i'm like lauren check this out and you're like yeah. oh yeah that's a scam 
Yeah, because if Netflix was super interested in, in, in your book, why wouldn't they just contact you directly or have somebody that represents them contact you? Yeah, but, but um, someone who says, I don't want the recognition, but if you pay me, and that, that, that was just where I stopped, you know, stopped reading the rest of it. Yeah, so you don't want the recognition of being the screenwriter for something that could potentially be a hit Netflix TV show. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, how stupid do these people think we are, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, and, and, you know, I want people to be aware of all these different kinds of scams and, you know, do your research on people before you pay them. Like if you have, if you're paying somebody to do your cover design or edit your book, like make sure you research them, see what other designs they've done or what other books they've edited. Go to that book's um, Amazon page and see if they're listed as an editor, you know, or anything like or, or have any connections to the publishing house, because that's what I look for. Like, I don't take people's word for it at face value. Like if you tell me that you've edited a, um, you know, best-selling indie novel and I go to their Amazon page and I see, okay, well, they got this indie novel. It's being, you know, produced by a publishing house. Let me go check the publishing house. And you have no mention of working with that publishing house or anything like that in your bio, in yeah. your bio. I'm going to question whether you actually did that kind of work. Exactly. Exactly. Because that because would I, be, I, no. Sorry. Like, I remember that you actually went through something like that. Yeah. And it's so hard to tell if it was actually a scam or not. I mean, it's really hard to know because um, I had a fellow indie author come to me come to me out of the blue saying that she was reading my book and that I could use some editing, but she didn't really give me any kind of like, uh, like specific. Yeah. And I'm like, well, 50% of pretty much everybody's book is dialogue, if not more. So what in the dialogue Mm. using, you know what I mean? And Mm. um, she recommended a, an, an editor who I'd never heard of before, but was also an indie author. I went and checked out their website. Their website was, you know, it was fine. It wasn't like it, you could tell it wasn't a professional website. It wasn't something that the editor had invested in professionally and had, you know, somebody design it for them. It was probably something that was done off of like just one of those normal ones, like WordPress, like kind of like what mine is, which is completely fine. Um, But you know, the books that they had said, because they had like a whole list of books that they had edited and they were not the books that the other indie author that had come to me before had said that she had edited because she had, she had said that this editor had edited all these, um, you know, best-selling novels. And I'm like, well, why aren't the best-selling novels on your website then? Exactly. You know? Yeah. You know, the red flags go up immediately. Yeah. So I was like, well, that's awesome. Like if I was editing a book and it became a bestseller in in the world, I would definitely put that on my website, you know, or I would at least that I worked with that work with that bestseller book. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I mean, but your website, damn, it's lemon professional. You know, you've got a very very awesome website. 
I try. It's very professional. <laughs> no, you you definitely have OCD. No, definitely. But the, the good OCD, okay? Yeah. I'm I always encourage everyone, please go and have a look at, at Lauren's uh, website. This is something I would love one day. Yeah, and I've seen some really good websites like um, – um Tracy uh Tracy Ayer she she's got yeah. a really good website too but she I think has a professional do her website um, yeah yeah no she's um, phenomenal as well yeah. very nice I, person I am nowhere near that kind of level um <laughs> you know uh you know financial stability with my books but you know she's got going on so yeah <laughs> But uh, but yeah, these these scams are getting really more. They're getting more intricate, you know, than than. And I find they're actually getting more desperate. They're just popping out of nowhere. They are. But you know what I try to tell myself is every time when I get like a message from a uh, somebody who I know obviously is a scam, hmm. I, I think it is flattery. Now, you know, I'm very flattered by it. I'm like, oh, you think I'm big enough to be able to afford this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing, I think the stigma is that if you're a published author, they already think that you're earning J.K. Rowling's earnings, you know. And here I couldn't even cross the $75 threshold. <laughs> so it's not like that, you know. It's, well, we all wish we could be J.K. Rowling, but we're trying to get there. But yeah, <laughs> it's not like that. It's not like that at all. You don't even know threshold for that vanity publisher because they, they never released how many books you actually sold. You know exactly, and they didn't even make any uh, paperbacks to put in bookstores. I mean, uh, many people say they would just buy my book because of the cover. Um, okay, so cool, no problem. Um, but you know, the fact that it's not there physically to see then no one will know about it. Yeah. And the thing with the bookstore, um, uh, I hear a lot of people talk about this because most of the book sales in the world are actually through Amazon. They're online. Mm -hmm. They're actually not in brick and mortars anymore. Now, not mm -hmm. that, you know, it's everybody. It's everybody. See their book on a bookshelf in a bookstore. Right. Um, but you know, Barnes and Nobles and uh, Ingram Sparks are probably the best options to try and get your book in an actual physical bookstore. Um, mm -hmm. if you're trying to do it that way, but I do know that if you do do and just make sure that you don't list Amazon as a distributor, so you don't have to. Yeah people selling your book at the same time <laughs> kind of thing yeah <laughs> yeah no for sure yeah. those are the one those are the two that i've heard of the easiest one because barnes and nobles press obviously barnes and nobles probably wants people to choose barnes and nobles press because they probably have like super discounted books because it's you know they're a bookstore um exactly. and then it's one of the largest distributor of books in the world and that one uh they they really discount their books by like 50% or some ungodly number to bookstores. Yeah. And I know that Barnes and Nobles and uh, books a million and some other, you know, bookstores, they all buy through Ingram Sparks. So. Sure. Okay. Hmm. 
But yeah, so we're almost hitting an hour here, uh, but we were having a really great conversation about scam artists. And I think that uh, this is going to be very beneficial for any listeners to hear. I think we have a lot of good information in this podcast episode. So thank you uh, for that, Kim. Really appreciate it. My my pleasure. Um, I just want everyone, when I wrote those articles about what I went through, I didn't care who read it and if they had seen it because I want people to be made aware because they are preying on people who are gullible because they want to be recognized. Who doesn't want to be recognized? Come on, let's be honest. So they will prey on those kind of people. And this is what the end result is. So I had learned a very expensive lesson and I hope that no one else falls in the same trap. Yes, exactly. Just make sure that everybody reads the fine print and the contract, read it thoroughly, read the whole thing. Um, <laughs> no, what could be hiding in there? So, yeah. And I, you know, I actually did call uh, Author House and speak to somebody on the phone because I was pretending to be interested just to see what they were going to say. I and, remember, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I think I, I think I pissed that lady off too. Kudos <laughs> <laughs> for you, man. Great on you. Good. Yeah, I think I, because I, because I never got a call back. In fact, she was <laughs> like, um, you know, I think, but you know what? I think she was more upset that I was like, wow, you guys are really expensive. Like that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's a lot of money for not a lot of crap. <laughs> She's like, and she was like, she's like, so do you think that this might have been a premature time um, to, to maybe you just need to wait? We can take you off the calling list. I was like, yes, please take me off the calling list. Thing. <laughs> that was good yeah, she was upset with me because, you know, I, yeah. even mentioned, I even mentioned you. I didn't I didn't mention your name. I just said yeah. uh, you know, I was just wondering, I, you know, I was like, oh. I'd like to go with you. And I was like, I'd like to go with you. You know, you guys published and I did Instagram. It was awful. Like, the You know what? It really made me mad because she was like, oh, we don't approve anything in the publication. I'm like, I don't think any author would approve this, but nice try. <laughs> brilliant love it yeah well anyways um this is good chatting with you we'll have to catch up again and we'll have to do another yeah. interview when we get your new uh, your new formatting and stuff published out oh can't wait for that and yeah we, we are definitely going to aim for a hardcover one day hey your books and mine Oh, exactly. And you know, on get covers, they only charge $5 for them to turn your book cover that you bought into a hardcover. Yes, yes. Now, I'm very grateful that you introduced me to get covers, really. They are very good. They're very, very good. Very professional as well. Exactly. They do a great job. Um, Yeah. I shudder to think what the vanity publisher would have come up with their cover, you know? (laughs) Exactly. The, The... you, you should do a side-by-side comparison. Um, do a tweet of the their author house. Uh, not author's house. That's okay. We'll just leave that one in there. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Everyone knows already. 
<laughs> you can do a um, a side by side comparison of their what they were going to go with versus what you were going to go with. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, that that would be really interesting to see because they honestly didn't, they didn't do anything different to it. They just took your old cover and just put a barcode on the back, right? <laughs> <laughs> How embarrassing. Yeah, you know, if I look back at it now, okay, I'm I'm past being angry and all that. I've gone through, you know, the five stages. <laughs> I'm just now at the part where like whatever. It's over. I'm out of their clutches. That's the best thing ever. Yeah. And for everybody out there, The Silent Witness by Kim Applegren is going to be back out um, hopefully by late spring. So <laughs> we'll keep That's you up. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again, Lauren. All right. Thanks, Kim. Uh, you have a good day and, uh, and everybody stay safe. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I hope to catch up with you again. Absolutely. Well, talk to you later. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening to the episode, and I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did uh, creating it. Now that I have a new author website, it's called laureneason.com. You guys can actually go there and find all of my podcast episodes in one place. You can also find uh, where my podcast is distributed as well, such as Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple. And if you would like to be a part of the show or have some suggestions that you'd want me to talk about, Uh, go ahead and fill out my form. It's actually located on that website underneath the podcast tab. And you can uh, fill it out if you'd like to be interviewed as an author, if you'd like me to do a book review, or if you just have something that you want me to talk about that has that concerns writing, publishing, um, editing, book creation, uh, whatever you fancy. So go ahead and try that. And uh, I'll be looking out for that as well. If you want to follow me on any of my other platforms, my Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook are also linked to my author website. Um, But you can find me there um, under my name is Lauren Eason or author Lauren Eason, whichever one you prefer. So thanks again for listening. And I hope you guys enjoy the episodes. Bye.